the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. We have a very important guest with us today who's made an enormous difference in our lives here in San Diego. She's an important leader in our community and even nationwide. Her name is Sharon McKeeman. She's the bright young mother of four children who founded the very effective organization named Let Them Breathe shortly after it became clear that the state wasn't going to let up on its harmful policies affecting children in the public schools, like keeping them closed, masking kids, discriminating on the basis of medical choices and requiring experimental injections. So Sharon and a few other concerned parents started Let Them Breathe. They got together. They they began this effort, and it has grown into a large organization of over 20,000 people. Maybe it's even more than that by now, but it's also a nationwide network. Their group has won important victories that have forced the school districts to open up, take masks off kids, and has protected them from forced experimental injections. So let them breathe and let them uh, learn. The other branch of her organization educates parents about their rights and encourages parents to get involved in their children's education, whether they're in public school, charter school, private school, or homeschool. And Sharon is now taking on the very important job of running for school board here in Carlsbad. And we are so proud of her. Glad to have you on our show today, Sharon. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm uh, excited to chat with you. So just just briefly about your background that prepared you to do the work you're doing. How do you feel that it has helped? And, you know, what is your background? And I know you have a degree in art education. And and so you felt called, I think, didn't you, to, to start doing this? Yeah, so uh, I have a degree and background in education. I've been involved in education for about two decades. I've worked in the public um, and private sector. I have uh, also been involved in uh, charter schools and home education. But really, I think that my most important credential is being a mom of four. So, uh, you know, that's what really propelled me to found Let Them Breathe and uh, become so involved in advocacy over the past two years uh, because I saw my own kids suffering. And then as I got involved, you know, I I really saw the depth of what was happening state and nationwide to our youth. You know, we have been so impressed. I've been so impressed, Sharon, with Let Them Breathe. We've attended some of your rallies, which really drew a lot of people You've had a real impact. 
Reviewing back over that period, the last couple, two and a half years, whatever it was, what do you see as maybe the couple or so most important victories or that you're you know, proudest of, frankly, that Let Them Breathe has been able to achieve? Well, I think the, the thing that I am the most uh, thankful and, and happy about is that we were able to begin dialogue and conversation at a time when no one was having those conversations. We started uh, just asking questions. Are, are masks effective? Are, are they even working for the purpose that we're being told that uh, people should wear them? Are they harming our kids? Are they you know, uh, negatively impacting their social, emotional, academic, and physical well-being? Uh, and I started asking those questions when the knee-jerk response was, you're dangerous, you're selfish, uh, and now, first of all, pretty very quickly, uh, we grew so quickly because thousands and thousands of parents um, had the same concerns but hadn't had an avenue to speak up and talk about it. Not just parents, parents, grandparents, community members. Uh, and so now the science has proved <laughs> that the, the concerns that we had, the questions we were bringing up, were not only valid things to, to dialogue about, but that, you know, cloth masks are, in fact, not effective at stopping the virus, especially on a little kiddo who gets it dirty in about five minutes. Uh, and that there has been a drastic impact on our kids' um, social-emotional, their academic, and even their physical well-being uh, due to not just masking, but, you know, all of these COVID restrictions. And so um, I think that's the first thing that I'm, I'm really happy we were able to do. Uh, and included in that is how diverse of a community we have. Um, I'm so proud that we've been able to dialogue and come together on this unifying factor of students first. You know, we have people from every political background, Democrat, Republican, uh, you know, independent, libertarian, uh, people that are very politically involved, people that want nothing to do with the political process, um, and then really every faith background or, you know, lack of faith uh, background. And, and so it's a very diverse community. And um, I'm really grateful we've all been able to come together. You know, we've got parents that, uh, you know, are have had concerns about vaccines before, even what went on during the past two years. And then we have parents mm -hmm. that have no concerns over vaccines maybe even got their their uh, students vaccinated so they could unmask and their kind of wake up was when real they realized they vaxxed, they got boosted, and then their kids are still being told that they need to mask. And and so that raised concerns for them, not only with the mask, but, but with also these vaccines that were being um, really pushed hard on the, the academic community. So um, so that's the first thing. The second, I mean, I could go on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just put up a reel recently um, on our Instagram that was a little look back at our first march from Oceanside to Carlsbad. So I'm, I, you know, the events that we've had, that community support, the the national media attention where we've been able to get our messaging out has all been incredible. But I think the second thing that's really um, stands out to me is what we've been able to accomplish legally. Uh, yeah. So we. We weren't able to legally, we weren't able to end the state mask mandate in the courts. Uh, you know, we still feel that our argument uh, was correct and, and, and we feel the judge made the wrong decision, but basically the judge deferred to the emergency order. Um, 
and kind of established that in California, uh, you know, the courts will allow you to continue to live in a police state <laughs> um, if there's an emergency order in effect, which is still in effect, um, which is crazy at this point. So um, that needs to be revised and reformed. Uh, we need to take a look at, at the governor's powers um, with the Emergency Services Act. But then also uh, we were able to establish um, during that lawsuit against the state mask mandate that uh Yes, there was a, a mask mandate in place, but the state had kind of kicked the ball down the court to the uh, schools and said, well, enforcement is up to them. And they didn't have anything explicitly saying that schools had to exclude students. So they put schools in this very tricky position. And there was a lot of coercion and um, intimidation. Oh, maybe your insurance is going to get pulled. Maybe CTA is going to uh, sue you. Uh, but... In the end, we were able to take that, um, you know, the documentation from our lawsuit and, and show to schools that the ones that wanted to do the right thing, they did not have to exclude. They could adopt non-exclusionary um, mask encouragement or enforcement. Um, and then those districts that were really coming down hard on students, we could say, you know, you could be legally liable. Um, we, we got schools that were calling the police on students to um, or you know, trying to kick them out and send them home to at least give them a free speech area where they could remain on campus. But of course, even that is not enough. They should be in the classroom. So it took a lot of work in both the legal route, advocacy, working with school boards across the state, uh, in educating families on what their rights were to bring about that into the state mask mandate. And I think it finally came about because all those things work together that the, the peaceful noncompliance was the dominoes were kind of falling and, and the state was getting embarrassed. And, and so it was like, okay, you know, we'll end this because no one's, no one's listening to it. And I think that's a good um, lesson to learn that if these mandates were to come back, we, the people have rights. Um, and, and when there's things, you know, like this, there can be free speech, there can be peaceful noncompliance. Um, and then the other uh, legal victory that was just a flat-out, all-out victory uh, was we beat San Diego Unified's vaccine mandate um, in court. So and important. Got a ruling so that, important. Yes, yeah. yes. So very stoked about that. And that um, mm. really set, a, uh, you know, not a specific legal precedent because it was against San Diego Unified, but there were a lot of other districts um, or private schools that we saw after that backing off of their mandate. Uh, we sued some other schools that as soon as we sued them, basically they dropped their mandate. Um, and then we've helped to support the lawsuit against LA Unified um, that was also successful against their vaccine mandate. Um, so that was a huge victory. San Diego Unified being as, as corrupt yeah. and, and extreme as they are, are, they are actually wasting taxpayer dollars trying to appeal that ruling. So we are still having to continue to raise support and our legal team is still at work to hold the line against their appeal because what we've seen uh, all too often in California is a, a sound legal decision then being overturned by an appellate court. But we're very confident that we're going, you know, this is a clear cut legal issue. Um, San Diego Unified is a complete outlier at this point by trying to continue to mandate outside of state guidance and not allow personal belief exemptions. So we're confident we're going to, uh, to win an appellate court as well. Um, but it's just ridiculous that San Diego Unified is, is continuing to, you know, waste resources on even trying to appeal at this point. I really applaud you for 
<clears throat> excuse me, um, the, the unity that you've been able to pull together from many parents of different backgrounds and different beliefs, that was a bit, that was a big victory. And there was just something intrinsic and intuitive that these masks and these mandates are wrong. And yes, mm-hmm. it is borne out by the evidence, by the science. And so parents recognize that and you were able to marshal the actual evidence and, and use it in court. And so we're just really proud of you for doing that. Oh. And, and, and there has been a big shift in maybe the political alignments due to this. Yeah. And the other thing that you just described was the shifting of, of responsibility among different agencies in the state. In the state. Is, it this, is it the state health department you know, coming down with these? Is it the governor? Is it the school district's uh, job to enforce it? Like there's all this diffuse authority that there's in buck passing, mm-hmm. but you were able to have a dialogue with the different groups and to use the uh, courts, even though you didn't prevail in the one case, you were able to persevere and use that for evidence. So I, you know, I, I want to say one thing too, you, you know this Sharon, but you and others like you have been so vindicated in all the claims you made about yeah. masking and lockdowns and look at all the destruction we're dealing with now to the average California student in the last two years, is at the same level they were at two years ago. They've literally mm-hmm. lost two years of their educational lives. And some of the most militant people on the other side, there's this doctor, what is it, Leanne Wynn or something, that frequent commentator nationally on, on CNN, CNN yeah. who was one of the most militant on schools, need to keep the kids home, they need to get vaccinated, they need to get masked. And now she has apparently some children of her own, what do you know that have really suffered with this and she's singing a different tune, but they never admit they're wrong. They just kind of say, well, we've just now discovered this. But <laughs> yeah. so Sharon, you discovered this a little bit before some other <laughs> folks, you know, with all that you've, uh, all these wonderful achievements, was there any particular challenge, not necessarily a setback? Was there any challenge that maybe you didn't anticipate that there'd be so much opposition coming from a certain quarter or anything like that? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> well, I think the past uh, the past two years um, just hit us all, it really blindsided a lot of us, right? And, and so I think everything that I stepped into, I had to. I had to do it for my kids and, and for other students. Uh, and I knew that I had the skill set and ability to step up. But at the same time, I don't think it was necessarily a matter of like, you know, oh, my goodness, how's this going to go? Or, you know, um, being I just knew we were up against something that uh, our country had not faced before, you know, and obviously there have been really difficult times in our history. But this was a, a new new flavor of it. And. And so I knew we were really up against something that the, the course was a bit uncharted. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of learning along the way. There are a lot of things that, you know, one thing I share is that some of the really heavy stuff that happens, some of the really oppositional stuff isn't even something that, that advocates like myself can really share publicly. Right. That, that's that's <laughs> um, okay. And yeah. let's... There's, there's a lot that, ha- that goes on. And I think that, um, 
you know, something that has been really crucial for me is to look back at history and use that as a way to chart my course. And that's one of the things that's most shocking to me is the, um, the, the lack of understanding that people have of history. Um, so for instance, I think one of the, I'll say two different things that, that have been challenging. Um, you know, one is just, there's a level of, of controlled opposition. There's a level of things that look like one thing and they're actually another. <laughs> and, yep. and, and that's one of those things that's hard to talk about because, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist um, and it's hard to express, but, but people that have, you know, they've stood up for people's rights and when they experience it, it's just so obvious and it's, um, it's, it's disheartening. It's, it can be intimidating. Uh, for instance, one of the examples, kind of example along this line, um, that just was outed recently. It's, it's shocking to the people when they see it, but to me it is encouraging because at least it's out there in public sight. Finally, um, I was part of the, the uh, lawsuit that reopened schools and uh, there was a public records request recently that showed that after that lawsuit, um, there, uh, CT, there was CTA influence in getting uh, local parent activists and, and uh, local unions to do oppositional research on parents um, that were involved in um, taking legal action to get their kids back in school. That is, uh, that is shocking. And I think that's what yeah. that kind of thing, those kind of revelations are encouraging more freedom loving people like you to nationwide to get involved with school boards. It's said often that who is on the school board matters as much or more than any other public office. What, what do you think about that? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I was in Sacramento recently and as I spoke with rep- state representatives and chiefs of staff, the message that I heard over and over and over is that, um, you know, real change in, in leadership and governance is going to happen at the local level first. And, you know, we are absolutely able to win these local elections where it may seem insurmountable um, to, to win some of the, the state elections. I mean, it's, it's possible, but that's going to take more time. However, um, you know, people that really believe in, in the principles our country was founded on and, and, and students' rights and, you know, just good governance, like we should be able to make it. My mom is, let me diverge for a minute, I'll come back. My mom is, is here from out of state, and, and she's like, this is not a heat wave <laughs> in, in her realm, right? She, she, like, I've lived in the South, I've lived in other areas, and she's going like, it, you know, this doesn't seem that hot to her. However, at the same time, you know, everyone's suffering because we don't have good governance in this state that, um, so, you know, people are without electricity or being asked to throttle back. So, you know, those changes on the state level may take some time, but we are absolutely able to put individuals and parents and grandparents into seats on the school board and city council and um, board of supervisors this election, right? These midterms on November 8th, um, and if the dynamic of our local boards change uh, drastically, then Sacramento, even if it's the same people there, uh, will have to start behaving differently. Because what we saw is, um, you know, districts or counties like Placer County that, that stood up and said they were not going to enforce masking anymore. Um, 
that puts mm. pressure on the state, right? Because, uh, you know, every resolution that we help school boards send puts pressure on the state to behave differently. And so we saw, first of all, these local offices have a direct um, impact on our day-to-day life. Are the schools open? Or are they shut? Are the masks on or off? Um, you know, what is happening in our communities? Are they safe communities? Are they communities that are focused on education and, and um, you know, the rights and the, the well-being of the people? Or are they focused on extreme agendas? Um, and then secondly, it has an impact on Sacramento and the policies that are made there. Uh, if they see that all of these boards are no longer going to back up uh, um, the extreme agenda, are no longer going to turn a blind eye to the poor governance, then, um, you know, I, I think we will see a shift in Sacramento even before a lot of those seats change over in Sacramento. That so, is um, really yeah. interesting dynamic. And so the answer is get involved in your local school, your local school board. That's a lot easier than changing the whole legislature in Sacramento you do it in small ways starting out. I mean, yeah, change the local school board member. And, and, and that's what a lot of parents are asking. Can this local school board stop some of the crazy stuff coming out of Sacramento, like CRT and, and queer theory and radicalized sex ed and, and the radical environmentalism? I mean, that's, you know, they want to know if that can be stopped. Well, this is the way to stop it. You just explained it. So, so Sharon, you are running for school board, which I think is super good news. So, <laughs> tell us a li- tell us a little bit about where you're running and uh, what 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 kind of things you're looking to do on the school board. Yes, so I am running uh, for uh, Carlsbad School Board in Area One, which is kind of the old Carlsbad area over by the beach, Carlsbad Village. Um, And I'm just really excited for this opportunity to step up and serve in this way. Uh, There are uh, three seats open in Carlsbad. um, And uh, so I I am running for one of those. And I, you know, Carlsbad is a community that um, just has an excellent track record um, as as far as our accomplishments in education. I, I, there was definitely leadership in our city that uh, followed common sense and, and unifying the community during the pandemic. Uh, and so I want to see that continue. Uh, there are, are, you know, elected officials that I, I feel are starting to try to steer our community in a different direction. And so we need to course correct there. Um, and, and we need to, uh, I mean, there were the, the school board, there were definitely trustees that um, were listening to parents and wanted to get our schools reopened. Uh, But in the end, um, you know, things went the direction of union demands and our schools remained closed until we sued them. Um, At the same time, there were school board trustees that just absolutely did not do the right thing for students um, and and were just completely catering to the union demands. And so uh, it's important that our school board is focused on students first, uh, that it honors parents. Uh, their sh- schools should be about education and not politics. Schools should be um, a-, a unifying force that honors the family unit and isn't divisive in the community or between parents and students. Uh, and then uh, the school board should be focused on supporting educators, fiscal responsibility. The funding uh, should be focused 
in the classroom on the athletics, the academics, and the arts that help our students succeed and prepare them uh, for the, the, <laughs> the workspace that's going to be extremely competitive. Um, and, and is also, again, equipping educators the funding shouldn't be getting lost in bureaucracy or again catering to some of these more extreme uh, union demands. So I am 100 uh, percent students first, uh, serving families and, and supporting educators. But I'm not afraid to say that the teachers unions in this state uh, used our kids as uh, bargaining chips during the pandemic. They showed their true colors. Um, I did not interview with them for an endorsement. I would never take an endorsement uh, from the teachers unions. But as, as an educator and a parent myself, my focus is on students, families, and uh, educators. And we think that you're very good at communicating. You're, you have the right principles. You're putting students <laughs> first. And we are behind you. How can our listeners help you get elected? Yeah, do you have a website or something? Yes, yes. So it's Sharon the number four Carlsbadschools dot com. Sharon the number four Carlsbadschools dot com. They can also, if they're on Instagram, they can go uh, to just at Sharon McKeeman, and that links to my website and has a lot of uh, kind of you know day to day um, updates on what's going on. And and one thing that I share with everyone is. Even if they don't live in my district and they can't vote for me, they can support. So, you know, the, the unions pour money into the candidates they endorse. And so, uh, you know, they can go to that website and donate. That's huge because it helps. Those please, funds are used directly to reach out to voters. Uh, please do that. Please campus. do that, yes. folks. Sharon's <laughs> race is important, not only for everybody in Carlsbad, everybody I would say in San Diego County. Thanks, Sharon, so much for being our guest today. It's wonderful to talk with you. And all the best in your campaign. Yes. I I appreciate it. Thank you so much. To bless your neighbor, pray for Sharon McKeeman and others like her and her very important work. Follow her example and investigate your local school and your local school board. Support the best candidates. Help them either financially, educating other people in your community. Get out and vote. Till next week. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.